Welcome to the Florida Travel Podcast, Episode 3, a podcast to help Florida residents and visitors get more out of the Sunshine State. I'm Tanya. And I'm Christina. And this week's episode is brought to you by Airbnb. Whether you're looking to relax on your own private Florida beach or planning a multifamily vacation to the Orlando theme parks, Airbnb is a top choice to book unique accommodations in Florida. Visit floridatravelpod.com slash Airbnb for our top picks or to begin your Florida vacation planning today. This week, we're going to talk all about the beaches in Florida. So before we talk about beaches, let's go into our Florida tip of the week. Okay, this tip of the week is all about baby powder. Baby powder, this was the best tip that you ever gave me in my entire life. (laughs) Okay, so this might sound a little bit weird, but since we're talking about beaches this week, I figured I'd share a tip that helps you get the sand off your feet before you get in the car. I always have a small thing of baby powder in my car and I shake it on our feet and the sand brushes right off. From experience, this is true. Yes, and you want to know how I learned about this? Please tell me how. It was from my best friend in Michigan. Not anyone in Florida. There's no beaches in Michigan. There's a lot of beaches in Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go into this another time, but Michigan has more shoreline than Florida. Oh, and um, don't forget your sunscreen. Don't forget your sunscreen. (laughs) So this week, let's talk about beaches. Um, First of all, it's January. We we know it's a little bit cold. Uh, It's definitely cold for some of us Floridians, but... Florida has a lot of coastline and there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot of beaches. And, and so we wanted to, before we talk about any specific beaches uh, on future episodes, we thought we should kind of tell you a little bit about what makes Florida beaches unique. A couple things you might need to know, especially if you're traveling uh, from somewhere that doesn't have um, a lot of beaches or a lot of shoreline or even oceans or lakes. And uh, so we thought we would go into, I've got nine-ish tips. Um, Some of these will go really fast. Some of them you you may know about. Some of them you may don't. You may don't. I need to slow down a little bit. So, um, So let's talk about Florida. Florida is on the Atlantic, right? On the Eastern seaboard. But also there is the Gulf of Mexico mm-hmm. and some of those, I have some people who have told me that that's not an ocean <laughs> for all intents and purposes. I grew up me, on the Gulf. I can tell you it's not an ocean. It's not an ocean, but to me it is an ocean. It's salt well, water. I mean, it's a large body of water, but you know, yes. I mean. I, and it's connected to the ocean. You, you just said um, Florida beaches and what's unique about them. Yes. I got to tell you. Uh, the first thing I think of when I think of going to the beach is that my kids and I, especially um, not in the last probably two or three years, but previously we made a trip to the beach every single year right before Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm sorry, Christmas, not Thanksgiving. And it was December, you know, the third week of December and we were going to the beach cold or not. It doesn't matter. You can go to the beach and be, I mean, I wouldn't go if it was 35 degrees outside, but we don't usually hit that kind of weather. So unique about Florida beaches is you can pretty much go any time of the year. That is true. And you don't necessarily have to swim. I like to swim in yeah. the in the oceans, but so let's talk about Gulf side versus Atlantic side. So since you are our resident, you know, you lived on the Gulf side, mm-hmm. what's the difference? The temperature of the water is one main one. It's almost always warm water in the Gulf, uh, mostly because it is surrounded by land on most sides. Most of it, yes. <laughs> and um, the temperature doesn't, it, it 
I don't know the depth of the Gulf. Ooh, I, I wouldn't know that either. Um, I, I have traveled very far out into the Gulf of Mexico um, on our boat. And I don't think I ever jumped in the water and was like, ah, that's cold. It's always warm water. And, um, and also there's hardly any waves unless a boat drives by. Uh, yeah, I would think Gulf is a little bit calmer. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you still get waves on the Gulf side, but the Atlantic side is is definitely um, bigger, yeah, of course. And I so mean, you do get bigger waves and that cold air coming down from the Arctic. Yeah. Antarctic, uh, Arctic. It's Arctic. I'm yeah. just going with that. <laughs> it does get a little bit colder. I've been to Jacksonville in yeah, January and I was not going in the water yeah. and Jacksonville is on the Atlantic side. I so. can tell you in a December, I'd be more likely to swim at the Gulf than I would in the Atlantic. Okay. In fact, I won't touch the water at all in the Atlantic at that time. And there's some summer times when if it's a post storm, the waters. In, That's in true. Chile. And my husband and I went to the Gulf side in no, early November and mm-hmm. we didn't go. I didn't, we went about knee deep before we said, yeah, that's too cold for us Floridians. We were, um, in Jetty Park. We camped there and we, where's Jetty Park? Jetty Park is on the, on the East coast. And, um, it is over by Daytona in that general vicinity. And we went to the beach several times in that time period. And it had rained a little bit, but we got in the water. The waves were massive and, um, and we swam, but it was a little chilly. And this was in October. Right. And, and chilly for us Floridians who live here oh, year I round know, is, is definitely And I different. have zero tolerance for cold water, but <laughs> I you <do> know. Too. <laughs> I, I have a friend that if the temperature is not 80, she doesn't get in. Mm-hmm. If the water temperature is not 80. Yeah. Now my dad living in Michigan will tell you if the, if Lake Michigan gets above 70, it's hot. It's too hot. Ugh, yeah. That's freezing. I agree. <laughs> That's why I live here now and not in Michigan. So, yeah. um, but Florida residents, those of you who are out there listening, I'd love to hear which one you prefer. I've done this poll on my personal uh, Instagram before, whether people prefer Gulf side or Atlantic side. I'd love to hear what you guys think. What's, what's your favorite side of Florida? Well, what is your favorite side? I think Gulf, uh, just because I do like to go swimming. I like it's warmer. I, I think I enjoy the sand on that side. And we'll talk about sand in a little bit. Um, And don't forget to use your baby powder. Right. (laughs) And since we're talking beaches, sunscreen. Mm -hmm. And sunscreen. Um, Since we talked about Instagram, I do have my own Instagram for my blog. You can learn all about Christina and I in our um, previous adventures. But I do have a blog at Detail Oriented Traveler. My Instagram is Do Traveler and Florida Travel Pod. Mm-hmm. is our Florida Travel Pod Instagram. So um, I prefer the Gulf. What about you? You know, I think I like both for different reasons. I have a lot of really amazing memories attached to the Gulf. Um, I grew up on the Gulf of Mexico, not just in a boat, but my teenage years were spent primarily um, near Clearwater Beach, St. Pete Beach. Um, we had a, a park nearby called Howard Park. Um, it wasn't too far from Clearwater, which was a little bit smaller place to go. And we just, I just have some really amazing memories on the Gulf. However, I, I find that I, it feels a little bit cleaner and nicer on the East Coast. Really? Okay. I, 
I mean, it may have something to do with the fact that most of my experiences on the, on the West Coast have to do with my teenage years. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was. That's another episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, Gulf side, Atlantic side, honestly, no matter what side you choose, you're going to have an amazing experience because it's the beach. There's sun, there's surf, there's sand, there's water, there's things to do. But there's also something called the intercoastal and the intercoastal waterway you can find on both sides of Florida. And Florida does have barrier islands. Um, If you're not familiar with what barrier islands are, it's basically these land that is between the ocean and between the main part of the state and inside the um, barrier islands is an intercoastal waterway. I know a lot of people enjoy fishing in the intercoastal. Um, You can do kayaking, stand up paddle boarding. The intercoastal, because it's in between the mainland and those barrier islands does not get as rough. The, the waves are not there. Um, generally, you don't find quite the same quality of beach, though, either. You're not going to get the beach sand laying out on the beach experience. Um, isn't that, if it's a, a beach that is near the intercoastal, isn't that one of those type of beaches that has a ton of seaweed on the shore? Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, I've been to plenty of, well... Along the state side, maybe, but maybe not on the island side. Mm-hmm. And the the thing is, is you can go on these barrier islands. There, um, you know, Cocoa Beach is along the barrier islands. Clearwater Beach is along the barrier islands on either side of Florida here. What's neat about staying in those areas, you get that surf, that sandy beach on one side, and you get a completely different experience less than a mile away. Yeah. Um, so intercoastal waterway on, on the east side, um, we have done, um, some fishing out there in, in that area. And I, I don't, I can't do boats anymore out there. I could, I don't know how I grew up on a boat because (laughs) as of now you wouldn't catch me dead on a boat. I mean, Dramamine or not, doesn't matter. I won't go out on a boat. I, I get seasick, but that is true about the fishing out there. Yeah. I have gone. I've gone kayaking along the intercoastal. What's neat is because it is still attached to the ocean or the Gulf, I'll see dolphins Mm. right along the intercoastal. We camped along the intercoastal this summer. It was amazing just sitting there watching the dolphins come in and play. Have you ever done a bioluminescent tour? It is on my bucket list. Me too. And oh, we d- we should do that and then come back here and talk about it. Uh, well, I think I think we should absolutely kayaking. <laughs> you you just started kayaking. We have done some kayaking trips before. This is a uh, sort of a new adventure for us, especially because our youngest is seven. So going in a kayak did not seem very appealing. But I I really want to do one of those with you know all of us in the in the kayaks and do the bioluminescence tour. So the bioluminescence, if you're not familiar, um, is plankton that essentially glows glows in the dark yeah. glows in the dark and so a bioluminescent tour you do at night after sunset Just after sunset yeah. and uh what's neat is and i've watched enough people that have done this when you stick your paddle in the water it stirs up the plankton and you get this little glowing stream of water behind you and it's it's amazing did you know that they have um clear kayaks yeah 
that you can do that you can see everything underneath you. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. That would be really amazing. So I, yeah, the, the intercoastal is definitely part of the beaches here in Florida. And if you weren't from this area, you may not have known about what the intercoastal waterway is. So pretty sure we can link to some of those tours too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing too, is knowing if you're booking a hotel on the beach, know what side you're on. Mm. Because I booked a hotel that's on the intercoastal. I've camped on the intercoastal. But I, you know, but if you want those beach views, you want those sunset or sunrise views, so you depending want to be on, on what that side. Intercoastal side, right? You, it depends. You, it depends on what side of Florida you're on, That's too. Um, so look at whether it's intercoastal water or ocean water or Gulf waters. Mm-hmm. Um, since we are talking about the water, um, let's talk about the tides. Yeah, I I grew up in Michigan. I grew up along Lake Michigan and tides were something new to me. This is even though that's a large body of water, you can't see across it. Um, I didn't have an experience with tides until I moved to Florida. Um, so tides, if you're not familiar, if you've been a while since you've been in science class uh the water levels change you have high tide and low tide and uh they change usually twice a day Mm -hmm. um roughly around every 12 hours uh it depends on where you are as to what the difference in those tides are as well why is knowing about the tides important well where you park your chair on the beach (laughs) (laughs) and if you're going to be in a place where you are staying on the beach it's also yes and and usually your hotels will list that they will have a graph that shows um it looks like you know your your bell curve Mm -hmm. with with the high tide at what time and and low tides at what time and tides also affect fishing if if you're fishing especially on the shore i mean if it affects it if you're out on a boat too but if you're on the shore it can really affect your fishing too because um sometimes those low tides they they bring in more fish then and then yeah oh and shelling too we'll talk about um seashells and finding seashells but that's can be Mm -hmm. the better time is to come you know maybe after high tide yeah um when things start washing back away because as high tide comes all the waves are crashing and it's bringing it's like it's like a giant shovel just bringing everything up onto the shore and then it disappears and everything is just sort of dumped there so i have an app for tides did you know that there is an app for that there is gotta be an app for everything right (laughs) so it's actually called tides app and it it picks up wherever i am and it tells me what high tide is or what low tide is so in case you don't see those at the hotel or wherever you're visiting or you're just um, driving out from central florida to the coast and you want to know what the tides are um, check out the tides app but yeah did you know did you know that the tides can vary you know some areas have a wider higher range it could be you know three feet four feet other areas it could be yes 12 feet or more yes i do know that um i know that also our trips out in the boat were always based off of tides oh yeah that's i suppose that's important too when you're Mm -hmm. docking and coming in yeah that's important there were times we came in and it was low tide and we needed to have a ladder to get out of the boat wow (laughs) that's pretty funny um, so you have in here um, something about the panhandle. Yeah, I was wondering if you've ever been. I have, but it's been a long time. So I have not been to the panhandle beaches. However, they are widely known as the most beautiful beaches, I want to say, in our entire country. Okay. Um, I have read many things about the panhandle beaches, and I've never been, but I'm talking white 
powdery sand beaches, just absolute gorgeous. Got to go to the panhandle. Um, but this brings me back to um, possibly episode one. We talked about the vast range of things you can do in Florida. Oh, yes. And we were talking about how much there is between, um, say, the Panhandle and the Keys to do. It's so different. But you can't really get from the Keys to the Panhandle in a day. No. I think that is a, a big misconception is that, you know, we're, we're a state. We are Unless you fly. Very, right. Yeah. Right. It you takes can't five drive. hours just to drive the Keys from say, one yeah, end to the from, other. From where I lived in Newport Ritchie, it was a nine-hour drive to the very front of the Keys. That was the front of the keys. Yeah. This is what she means by this is where you kind of enter, enter south of Miami. Yeah, just south of Miami. So it was nine hours just from Newport Ritchie, which was on the west coast, mid Florida. Yeah. Down to the start of the and keys. And then another five hours to get to Key West. Right. Because right. you're only driving 45 miles through the keys. Right. So, so my point being like for us to drive from central Florida to the panhandle is a, about a 10 hour drive. Depending on where you go. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was just mapping this the other day because of, the, because of this, I was like, panhandle. We need to talk about the panhandle because you, the panhandle is far for just about everybody except if you live in North Florida. Right, or if you live in South Georgia or yeah. Alabama, if you're coming down from those areas, right. absolutely, panhandle, panhandle is more accessible. And some of the beaches up there, like Destin and Santa Rosa Beach, I think, are world-renowned. World-renowned beaches, yeah. And, and that's the funny thing is, is it, it just seems like everyone in Florida should have gone to the Panhandle, but it's not the most accessible place because right. of where it's located in Florida and how, how long Florida is. And, you know, if you live on the very northeast corner of Florida, it could still take you. I don't, I've never hours. mapped that out, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it would take you a full day's drive to get from north, the very northeast of Florida all the way over to the Panhandle. So you talked about the sand mm -hmm. in the Panhandle and that's something too, to just kind of look at in Florida when you're looking at beaches, the sand is different mm -hmm. everywhere you go. You have, you know, white powdery sand. You can have um, rocky beaches with no sand. A lot of the keys are not as necessarily beach friendly as far as swimming and laying out on the beach goes. And the sand also changes based on the tides. Yes. And so you could have, um, but there are, um, you know, golden sands, white sands. Hey, I don't know if we have any black sand. I don't think we'd have it. I don't, I wouldn't call it black sand, but I've been down to the St. Pete beaches, especially like Shark Tooth Beach has a blacker sand. Okay. And I think it has something to do with the teeth because the teeth are black. That could make, that would make sense. So mm -hmm. that leads me into, let's talk about seashells. Mm -hmm. um, seashells and shark tooth hunting is definitely a, thing, a thing down here. I, I mean, I come home with seashells. I'm not allowed to pick up seashells anymore. Oh, wow. I'm yeah. so fascinated by them. I love them. There are so there's many. There's just something about, it's like a snowflake. No two seashells oh, look the same and they're so beautiful. Analogy. And you can't, it's really hard to find seashells that are whole. Yes. So when you do, you're like, I just got a treasure. <laughs> yeah. So one of the top places, from what I'm told, there's no way to really measure this, but one of the top places to get seashells is in Sanibel Island oh, yes. in Florida. And part of it is because of the crescent shape of Sanibel Island. And it's just the way the, the waves wash up. You get so many. There's some, did you know how many different types of seashells you can get? Nope. They I should have but. a museum down there that shows you all the different seashells. And I, I have a great book that tells you all about the Florida beaches. I'll link to that in our show notes. 
Um, but yeah, seashells definitely sand are dollars. different. Sand dollars. Sanibel. You can do shark tooth hunting. Um, you can find all kinds of you can find all kinds of seashells, and you get the the beautiful conch shape ones. You can get the clamshell types of seashells. St. Pete, um, the shark tooth beach. I'm fairly sure that has an actual name, <laughs> but we went there. Um, actually, something else to bring up is red tide. We went there to Shark Tooth Beach, and there happened to be some red tide. We went anyway. We all ended up getting a little bit of a cold, like sinus infection after we went because okay. of red tide, um, which I can't really explain red tide. So you might have to do that. But uh, Shark Tooth Beach was loaded with, I mean, you sit there with a sifter and you can sift through the sand and pick out little shark teeth. And we came home with bags of shark teeth. They were baby, but she, shark teeth, but it was, it was still really fun. Red tide has something to do with the algae. Right. I think I'm pretty sure that it does, but I don't know the exact reason or cause of it or anything like that. I just know that it can cause like upper respiratory cough sort of. So it's something to look at when you're looking at when to go to the beach or where to go. Check out the beach conditions before you go and know that on one day can be different than the second day. I was just about to say red tie could last a day. Red tie could last a week. It doesn't have to ruin your vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, Just be aware that it does happen. It doesn't happen often and it doesn't happen everywhere no. either so it does um but it, it can get bad though but it is something to look at and so since we're talking about red tide and we're going to talk about um beaches and checking things on your vacation let's talk about storms mm-hmm. we are in hurricane alley uh we do get hurricanes here hurricanes do affect the beaches obviously. and it doesn't have to be a full-blown hurricane to be no, damaging be a tropical yeah. storm as well so if you are traveling between june and november know that again we are subtropical we get rain every day rain does not have to ruin your beach vacation Um, sometimes it can make it awesome but the beauty is is that thanks to our technology you do have a good few days notice before a tropical storm or a hurricane is going to hit so you can plan your vacation accordingly and of course those of us in florida residences we know to stay home hunker down get get our supplies the beaches after one of those storms are so beautiful. Mind you, water's probably colder, but they're gorgeous and there's stuff all over the beach to look for. Oh, that's a good time mm-hmm. to go seashell and shark tooth hunting yep. then, isn't it? Yeah, it brings everything great, up to the surface. Uh, yeah, that's a great, that's an excellent point. So even if you are down here, know that the hotels are rated. Uh, if you are visiting um, Florida, know, to, know that the hotels are rated for your safety and you're not... Um, you're likely going to be okay if you have to weather a storm in Florida. Um, but I would also, you know, side note, if you are visiting Florida during those time frames, make sure you're getting travel insurance as well. Um, okay, so let's talk, let's move on. We've talked about seashells. We've talked about the sand. We've talked about the tides. Uh, something that I think a lot of people don't think about are the the grasses and the plants and the dunes uh, in the Florida beaches. I think everyone has a vision of these wide stretches of white sand beaches or maybe all of the hotels along Miami Beach, but there are some beautiful wild areas and the grasses and the plants and the dunes along those beaches, they're protected. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? I did. I did. They have these laws that protect 
those thing areas from even being walked in, much less mowed over. Yeah, so it, definitely watch your kids if you've got little ones. They they shouldn't be running into the seagrass. But what's important about the seagrass? Do you know what it does? I have sadly no idea. It actually protects against erosion. So the storms we were talking about, when they erode the beaches, if they are beaches that don't have a lot of the seagrass or the... um, Sea oats? Sea oats, yes, that's that's it. We'll we'll definitely link to some pictures of what those things look like, what you might find along the Florida beaches. They are protected because they help protect the beach from being there. You know, they protect to make sure it's not eroded and disappearing. Now, I know that... um, you know, all those areas are protected, um, and that is a very valid point that they're um, there to protect from erosion. But I sort of feel like that's also nesting areas for those sea turtles. Okay, so let's move into the sea yeah. turtles. Yeah, it is um, something else along the Florida beaches, especially if you are, you know, from um, higher north, higher north. Further north, further north along the eastern seaboard, you might not see these as much. And especially if you're from the Midwest area, sea turtles nest along the Florida beaches, both sides, Gulf and Atlantic. The times vary. Uh, I know winter is yep. bigger for most, but I feel like there are certain breeds that might nest earlier in the year. I know they nest um, in the like later winter so that they can head to the waters when it's still a little bit cold. Oh, okay. Um, but th- the thing about sea turtles is two things. One is they're highly, highly, highly protected animals. Yes, on they're their danger. nests. Yeah, their nests. The the sea turtles themselves. If you are in the ocean diving, I've, I am a certified diver. I know that that is like big, big no, no. You don't touch the sea turtles in the ocean. People do it anyway, but they are highly protected animals. Um, but also, I don't. I've never been to see one, but I know that I, they are, when they hatch and they are making their way to the ocean, it is the coolest. I've seen plenty of videos of it. It is the coolest sight to it see. Is, it is the coolest sight. I've, I've seen it. Not so here in Florida. So weird that their instinct does that for them, that they just immediately hatch and head out to sea and their moms are like, um, hello. <laughs> so just a couple of notes on that though, too. Like, like Christina said, they are very protected. So their nests are usually, um, they have marine biologists that go out and survey the beaches every day to see if there's a new nest and usually they will mark those off so don't disturb the nests Um, if you're lucky enough to see one nest again stay back Uh, the other thing then with the baby sea turtles because they have that instinct their instinct is to follow the moon so a lot of the hotels along the beaches they have laws about the lights because they don't want oh, the sea turtles yes, to go true. in the wrong direction. They want them to go follow that moon mm-hmm. reflection out on the ocean. And so you may see you may see dimmed lights. You may see lights that are, I think, yellow. Yellow or orange, orange tinge. Yeah. yeah, that is for the protection of the sea turtles. So don't think that it's your hotel being cheap. It is for the protection of the, the sea turtles along, along the beaches there. Mm-hmm. What other kind of wildlife can you see when you're at the beach? Okay, so I mean, you made a point of this when you were talking about the kayaking. Yes. But almost always, especially on the East Coast, I've experienced, especially on the East Coast, standing out on the shore. It doesn't even matter what time of day it is. It usually happens at sunset, but I've seen them all times a day. Pods of 
dolphins right on the shoreline and people mistake them for sharks all the time. <laughs> but it, it's very funny to watch that happen. But <laughs> yeah. they, they are, move a little differently than a shark does. They move a little differently. But, you know, for... And they don't have their own theme music. For someone who's not from a beach area, they would not... I mean, you see that one single dorsal fin coming above the water and you're like, ah, oh, it's a shark. But they come in pods and they'll stay in the area and just sort of put on a little show for you. It is really cool to see those. It is really cool. And I actually see them every time I'm at the Gulf too. They do. They do show up in the Gulf. We've had them. We've had them when we were on our boat driving through the Gulf of Mexico. They would just ride along with us. It was like they were just kind of like, hey, guys, let's go. Come on. Well, like I said, we see them. We saw them when we were kayaking. I've paddleboarded in the ocean before, and one of my favorite experiences is that I was on a paddleboard in the ocean, and this these two dolphins came near me, near enough to where I thought, <laughs> I better knock sit you. down yeah. in case they knock my board over, because they are playful they, animals, yeah. so it's, it's a lot of fun. Dolphins are a regular sight uh, as far as wildlife goes. My favorite are the pelicans. Oh, the dive bombing pelicans. Yes. <laughs> it's so much fun to sit on the beach and watch the pelicans dive for fish. And they don't just like dive and sit. They dive into the water, like full on from the sky, dive down like a bullet into the water. Yes, they're so much fun to watch. They are my absolute favorite uh, to watch. What other wildlife can you see? You can see all kinds of birds. Yeah, we saw um, while we were in Jetty Park, um, we saw puffins, little, little puffin birds. They're puffin? like, I thought puffins were like, you know, north of the Atlantic in, you know, up there with Santa. I don't know if that's where they live or not, but they're or is like, that maybe not what they're called. I, I don't know. <laughs> I thought they were called puffins. We were, we all talked about it and we were like, oh, they're little puffins. They're like, I don't know, three or four inches high and they run all along and they, they like scurry out of the water and they are the cutest little birds that can be entertaining. And you know, that you, my son was of course, trying to like catch one as he was running along <laughs> as a little bird was running, but they, they eat the, the, the little crabs that come out of the sand. Cause See, I call those sandpipers. The little ones? The little ones. Sand yeah. I, I, we're going to look this up okay. to see what Christina if is I talking about. If I misnamed them. Uh, you may have misnamed them. Surprise me. I would have the wrong name, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, I'm going to go with Puffin because I think it's a cute name. Well, and also there's name. a short called, some uh, some sort of a short, it's called Puffin. I think that's why we all called it a Puffin. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking this up. I'm glancing to see if there is something that you can find in Florida. I'm not 100% sure, but you can see... Uh, more than just seagulls at the beach. Um, crabs, lots of crabs. Oh, yeah, you can find crabs. Definitely. Okay, you <laughs> might be right. I, they are, even though it says Atlantic puffins, I mean, who We're knows? We're talking North Atlantic, okay. though. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm going with Atlantic. Okay. Uh, but I call, I, you can see sandpipers, you can see cranes, mm-hmm. uh, blue herons. Uh, yeah, again, if you see crabs, leave them alone. Don't pick them up. But they have this, I don't, I think it's, it is definitely a crustacean of sorts, but you can dig out these, um, uh, I think they're called sand fleas, but they're a crustacean and they're sort of big. So you dig, you can dig oh, yeah. and get to their okay. nest. So you, you should not take them, but you can put them in a bucket of water and they sort of come out of their shells and you can see them and look at them. And then you put them back in there, in there. They bury down in the sand and it's really fun to do. You do it about uh, sunset time. Okay. Other things you can see in, that's unique to Florida or for most of 
most of the south are manatees. You mm-hmm. can see manatees in the intercoastal waterways in the spring as well. Waters too. They do come in. They come inland in the winter because it's cold mm-hmm. out there. So they are looking for warmer waters. But you can see them sometimes along the intercoastals. Uh, the other things I like are the otters. Oh, I have not seen one, and I have a feeling if I went kayaking, I might be more likely to see one. Might, yeah, I, I I have seen them on the intercoastal waterways as well. And, uh, you know, so keep in mind, of course, the wildlife you can see are wild. Don't go touching them. Don't go try to snap a selfie with any wildlife. <laughs> um, you won't see, you won't see alligators on the ocean. No. Um, you won't see crocodiles. Even though they're saltwater? Yeah, even though, I mean, it's very rare. They do, are they're down further in the Keys sometimes. But uh, I think that brings us to closing out. Do you have any other tips for probably uh, beaches? Probably, but I'm sure they will come up at some other point in some other unrelated podcast. <laughs> so stay tuned to listen to all of our podcasts because apparently Christina is just I will give you all with- sort of unrelated tips to some other podcast that doesn't even. <laughs> yeah. And now it's time for our featured Florida product of the week. Each week we share our favorite Florida products from small businesses throughout the state. And this week we are talking about Three Daughters Key Lime Hard Cider. I found this Key Lime Hard Cider at Publix, and so I had to pick it up. Three Daughters Brewery is out of the Tampa St. Pete area, and I really enjoyed this cider. I thought it was sweeter than a normal apple cider. It definitely had that Key Lime kick to it, and it was bright and light. It was perfect for taking to the beach, I thought. So where to find the Florida Travel Pod? Florida Travel Pod can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Florida Travel Pod or read the show notes at floridatravelpod.com slash blog. You can reach out to us on email by sending an email to hello at floridatravelpod.com. You can support the Florida Travel Pod by leaving us a review on your favorite podcast player. This helps others discover our content. Or you can support us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash floridatravelpod. Our supporters will get shout-outs, postcards, stickers, and more depending on your level of support. Plus, we'll have some surprises along the way. Your support always gives us gives you the best content from the Sunshine State. That's it for this week, everyone. On behalf of Christina, I'm Tanya. Stay sunny, everyone.